Yeah, but also they have they mention Sherlock in Ace Attorney. They they'll be like they'll be like, wow, brilliant move, Sherlock, but then there's a Herlock Sholmes, so like explain that, Capcom. <laughs> <laughs> but um so yeah, he he legitimately just swapped the S, made Herlock Sholmes, and continued selling the story. <laughs> you know, I bet I bet ACD would have let him do it if he told him he could have introduced him to some fairies. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'll probably, probably kill off your character for you. <laughs> <laughs> they become BFFs and Sherlock dies taking a bullet for him. <laughs> I would love to have been in that room when he's writing it and being like, ah, oh, can't use Sherlock Holmes. Okay, what do I do? What do I do? My God. Like, I've done it. <laughs> no one is infallible. <laughs> We're going to switch the S and the H. (laughs) Just a reminder, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. Different series that require a spoiler warning will be in the description. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Gaming Theater Podcast. Today's episode is going to be all about fun with crossovers and why we have crossovers in storytelling. Now, I have a lot of guests with me to uh, help me out with this subject. Now, with that, uh, let's go over to the Magical Merch Booth. Here we are on the Magic Mode Merch Booth. Now, unlike our normal Merch Booth, this Merch Booth has merchandise from lots of different places. So let's quickly go through all the guests and where they're coming from. Now, just for your, just to start us off, my name is Leo. I'm the Geek Scorpio, and I am your host this evening from GTP. And over here to my right... Hi, I'm AJ, and I am here uh, as a part of Standby Line, which is your local theme park podcast. And by local, I mean we're all <laughs> over the place. My co-host is from New York. I flip-flop between Florida, Virginia, and Colorado every once in a while. It's a whole big thing. But if you want to hear a couple of nerds talk about Disney parks and sometimes Six Flags, uh, we're your podcast. And over to his right is going to be... Hi there. I'm Ashwood Audio, your fancy focus charity streamer. You can find me on Twitch at Ashwood Audio, and I post every day to TikTok. And over to Ashwood's side is our buddy Dane. Hi, my name is Dean Dane. I'm a GM on the internet. I'm also a member of GTP, but not for this episode. This episode, I'm against them. I don't know. We're, we're fighting, I think. I think, that, I think I read that. We crossover. Already had, we've already had the, the what is it, the tournament arcs? Dane, we're not yes. fight it out, okay? <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Sorry, crossover, my bad. Yeah, so we're... we're no, uh, th- stranger... this is our uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Ooh, there you go. There you go. I like that. Uh, I am a charity GM and Twitch streamer. You can find me on twitch.tv slash dndane. Dane is spelled D-A-I-N-E for you listeners. It looks kind of like Diane, but I promise you it's not. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I promise it's not. It looks a lot like it, though. I get it. Yeah. All right. And over by his side, we also have a, a frequent guest of our show. Go, Darren. I can confirm that it's not Diane. Hi, I'm Darian Smart. I'm from the Muses Mythology Podcast. We explore her ancient myths, become part of modern pop culture through the lens of Rick Ryden's everything. It used to be the Percy Jackson books, but then that show came out. The market's so oversaturated with Olympians content. So we're going to move on to the Norse ones, Magnus Chase and the Gods of Asgard. And that was totally intentional and not just an accidental timing. It's Muses Mythology. All right. 
And now to finish this off, one other member from GTP over here. A girl is. Uh, I am Liz. I go by Zombie Hand online. I am an artist, a frequent guest on GTP. I do help with producing. Um, I'm working on some secret side projects for GTP currently that are hopefully coming out this year. Uh, I probably said artist already. That's my first go to, but I'm <laughs> saying it again. Um, I don't post a lot online anymore, but um, you can find my instagram and my twitter uh at zombie hand creations and with that that is we're gonna get back to the show and get through this for it and thanks everybody for showing up for that and we'll take this back to the show So with today's episode, with all of our guests here, just like in cool crossover, you have crossovers with people that are around with you. And there's different reasons why shows and stories and storylines and such will do crossovers for that. Now, if you want a little brief history about this crossover, the very first earliest known crossover has to deal with two very particular books. Mythology doesn't really cross over with itself, so we don't have to worry about crossovers until about the late 1800s. Um with two particular things. The earliest crossover attempt, and I have to say attempt, because one is Arthur um, Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote um, the who wrote Sherlock Holmes, and I can't remember his name, but it's the our author who writes Arsene Lupin. You have the world's greatest thief going up against the world's greatest detective. At least, that's what they, the author tried to do. It didn't exactly work out, so... Arthur Conan Doyle does not like it when his detective has to go anywhere. <laughs> like, and from history on that, Arthur Conan Doyle didn't really like Sherlock Holmes stories. They were just profitable. He tried He'd to kill so off upset. Sherlock Holmes. The, the, so this is the other fun thing. He is the first of uh, the earliest known event of fans getting into an uproar to save their favorite, uh, their favorite story. Sign the petition. Save our flag means death. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a time-honored tradition. Yeah, hashtag not sponsored. However, if you want to, let reach out. <laughs> but yeah, so we tried to make the the author who did Arsene Lupin wanted to uh, put Sherlock Holmes to compete against him, and Car Arthur Conan Doyle basically said, "No, I am not letting you this this guy. I don't even want him to leave my stories. I barely like him right now." And so he's like, <laughs> "Fine." I'll use a different guy. I think it ended up with Herlock Schlomes. Um, so, <laughs> so the author's name is Maurice LeBlanc. Um, and he, so when, when uh, LeBlanc wrote uh, the Arsene Lupin versus Sherlock Holmes, obviously Arsene Lupin won. And um, <laughs> Arthur Conan Doyle was like, I don't want you using my character. Um, so you have to take him out. Like you cannot write the story with him. So either stop selling it or take him out. And so what uh, LeBlanc did was he actually 
just rearranged it so it was Herlock Sholmes. He just swapped the name. H H over. No, I thought Leo was kidding. <laughs> no, he control F. <laughs> so Herlock Sholmes, which is also really funny because in Ace Attorney there is a Herlock Sholmes character, but for, for similar but different reasons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but also they have they mention Sherlock in Ace Attorney that they, they'll be like. They'll be like, wow, brilliant move, Sherlock, but then there's a Herlock Sholmes, so, like, explain that, Capcom. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, he he legitimately just swapped the S, made Herlock Sholmes, and continued selling the story. <laughs> you know, I bet, I bet ACD would have let him do it if he told him he could have introduced him to some fairies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'll That's probably, probably kill off your character for you. <laughs> <laughs> They become BFFs and Sherlock dies taking a bullet for him. <laughs> I would love to have been in that room when he's writing it being like, ah, oh, can't use Sherlock Holmes. Okay, what do I do? What do I do? My God. Like, I've done it. <laughs> no one is infallible. I think We're going to switch the S and the H. I think that, like, instead of that, like, oh my God, genius. I, I would have also liked it if he was like, Ah, this'll get him because copyright's not sophisticated enough. <laughs> I was gonna say, what was Arthur gonna do? I mean, what yeah. was he gonna do? In that day and age, maybe fly over there and challenge him to a duel, but like that's I think the the fly. Wow. Fly, fly, sail? Yeah. He was magic, okay? Everyone knows this. Well with the fairies, yeah. So I'm so sorry. Yeah. You're absolutely right. He takes a fairy you. circle and he teleports to France, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Is I would have loved to if, if copyright was defined enough to turn that into a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and LeBlanc has to be like, no, no, this totally isn't Sherlock Holmes. He's not addicted to cocaine. It's opiates. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> Original OC, please don't steal. <laughs> <laughs> this is the original original OC. I love this. So, <laughs> so Leo, I've got a question about yeah. crossovers in general. Yeah. Do we include things like guest appearances in this? Uh, so when I think of crossovers, one of the first things that where my mind goes is the adventures of Huckleberry Finn yeah. with Tom Sawyer showing up in that novel, right? He's, he's just sort of like a guy who's there, but. But like, so how, how deep does this go for, for, for it? You kind of, the way it works out for a crossover to be proper is usually that for one reason or another a type of medium for this character has to have existed in a separate medium to come into it. So, which sometimes the, the, the waters will get muddy for this. For example, um, DuckTales, with their reboot, a lot of the characters are all, from, uh, are all in this series of DuckTales. However, in the reboot, before that, they were all in their own separate series, their own separate shows. Darkwing Duck is not in the same vein as the regular DuckTales. And the regular DuckTales is not in the same vein as Chippendale's Res uh, Rescue Rangers, but all of them make an appearance here, even though they're solid candidates, so it still counts. The idea mm -hmm. is that okay. they originally exist bears. separately from each other. So that, that being said, right? you can get messy with this depending on how you go with this. And we'll get to that when we get sure. to the GOAT of all crossovers. We'll get to that, for, that pretty can soon. Can I comment... On yeah. on Danes, I feel like okay. Which did Tom Sawyer? Did he write Tom Sawyer first? Yeah, yeah. Does Huck appear in Tom Sawyer? 
I don't think so. I don't no. think it goes in reverse. I, I think it's remember. just the one way. Yeah. 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 But is it, so is it a crossover if it's almost a spinoff and Tom Ooh. is like making a yeah. cameo? That's, that's always kind of okay. the way I felt about the Huck yeah. Finn situation is like, we're talking about a shared universe that I wouldn't mm. necessarily call a crossover as much as like, we're trying to draw the connections and that connection just happens to be Tom Sawyer's here for a couple of chapters. Have fun with that. Yeah. Now, so the thing They're is, friends. that still counts as a crossover, but it's how you, pl- but not afterwards. And I'll get to that one because, so let me break down this, and I will be hopping in there anyway. So when people do talk about crossovers, crossover events are done for four very particular reasons, and I'll I will break down the examples for them. The first crossover is to complete or extend a universe for it. Famously, DC does this all the time. The Arrowverse didn't uh is where you end up getting an arrowverse for that but once you open up that pandora's box of it and you connect them they stay connected this isn't a one-off now we can tie it into other things for it there's a weird batman based reason for a lot of that the second reason why we have that is uh is to revamp properties that fell out of favor Two things that, uh, uh, that you know, these aren't that popular, but we put them together and glue it together here, and we will be able to set it up to boost another, to boost the series for that. A lot of backdoor pilots start this way, too. Um, they'll use it as an experiment for it. And the third big reason for that is kind of a backdoor pilot side of the situation is to include or introduce or boost other series. This is sort of like, more like a crutch. We have a series here that's very popular, very uh, that's doing successful, but we don't know, want to take a gamble on this series yet. However, we'll have them hop into this for a few episodes or stories and see how the audience likes it and where this goes. And there's a very famous example that got so famous, people forgot it was a separate entity. <laughs> and the last one that we have is for funsies. I just want to do a crossover, see how far we can get with this, and that's a mess on that. And the weirdest part about all of these is the goat of crossovers is involved in every single one of these. So, to start with that, I guess let's, if we want to open the Pandora's box on this one, we can start with the goat of this. Now... As far as the oldest original of the of these is going to be a movie called The House of Frankenstein. But if you want the goat, 45 plus years of running, Scooby-Doo. There is ah! nothing that has crossed yeah. over more times than Scooby-Doo. I mean, hey, there was that period a couple of years ago where quite literally every Scooby-Doo movie getting put out was a crossover. They, they are doing that currently. The most recent Scooby-Doo movie that they've had is, was made just, it was finished up and it was Scooby-Doo crossing over with the DC uh, Justice League. So, if you want to go down the list, and here's a short list for that. If, if, because they're still canon, they still talk to each other. In fact, according to the Justice League, they have the Scooby-Doo gang on speed dial for a mystery if they need it. Aww, Imagine having the world's incredible. greatest detective and being just... like, nah, Batman, sorry, you're just not good enough. We need some teenagers in a van to come help us out. <laughs> Sometimes shit breaks bad in Gotham. Yeah. All right? And Batman can't come and help you yeah. steal with your little mystery gang. There's like six other of you. So if you need to call a teenager, fine. I have to deal with the literal Joker. Yeah. Can you, can you, you know, imagine the Scooby gang Batman in Gotham? 
Sometimes Batman needs a vacation, okay? <laughs> he do need a vacation. That's not That was right. him going to jail I, in the I, Harley Quinn series. We we kind of got the Scooby gang in Gotham and uh, Scooby-Doo and Batman Brave and the Bold when they crossed yep. over. Oh, yeah. Hey. Is, yeah. Then we ended up having all of them breaking out old suits to go fight the Riddler, who was the question for some reason. Oh, that is very yeah, true. Is I true. forgot about that. But that's not the first time. I watched so- that movie because I heard Scooby-Doo and the question in the same property, and I went, oh, cool. And then I was like, the Riddler has actually been the question the whole time, and I went, Mm-hmm. What? Okay. Yeah. So you gotta realize <laughs> I have a question. that Scooby Doo has like an ultimate crossover setup almost once every ten years, and that's not even the regular crossover stuff. So if you are in canon with this, according to the nearest I can figure, and here's the highlights: in the original '60s, you have them, or in the '70s, you have them cross Scooby Doo crossing over with Batman and Robin, Burt Ward and Adam West, Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. But you also have them crossing over with Adam's family, which at the time had its own one. cartoon. Yep. And then, you know, the Harlem Globetrotters is always my favorite joke. Yeah, you get stopped by this and the Harlem Globetrotters. I um, have a question yeah. regarding, especially the Scooby-Doo crossovers, because there's a lot of like, yes, obviously Batman, obviously Adam's yeah. family crossovers. But what makes it a guest appearance and not a crossover? So the difference between that is how is how it plays into the storyline or if they even have a series for it. So a guest spot is, you're coming in here for one episode, and that's it, you're never going to do this. Uh, the like, band, um, like Family Guy or American Dad has a lot of like cameos where it's like, like oh, or Futurama like has, has Richard Nixon, but it's like, I mean, that's not really a crossover, that's just Richard Nixon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay. yeah. so Futurama for that case is a bad example because they keep those characters in there. But uh, right, but I mean, like, uh, or or like Al Gore. Al Gore was in the in Futurama for yeah. a special, yeah, and okay. then Cameos. in cam- and then they decide to in cameras, but they don't approach it anymore. Al Gore is the president of the moon. Um, but he's only there for those two episodes. He's not, uh, and he adjust and they they adjust the series for it. However, Al Gore is not known to be have the Al Gore show. And that's why it's not a, it's not a crossover. It's because so, he's not individually himself. Yeah, but cr- in the 70s the mm-hmm. Harlem Globetrotters did have their own Hanna-Barbera cartoon. That is they correct. did. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Mm-hmm. I didn't know cuz there's a I lot of, of like yeah. It's a small and they one, also yeah. meet other like comedians. Don Knotts. Uh, that's Don. the one I was thinking of Don Knotts. Is that's not a crossover. No, that that's would be a guest just like event. a kid. A guest that's a event. cameo because so, okay. is although Don Knotts has been in there three times, which is weird. I mean, yeah, yeah. is a guest event I just when so much. the people are real people who don't have an animated property? Uh, for the purpose, no, not for the purpose of Scooby Doo. That's a messy okay. one. Okay. Uh, so the idea is that they have their own thing. So like a crossover event is for the, the old Scooby Doo is when they had Sonny and Cher. Sonny and Cher doesn't have a cartoon. However, so you share show a live action, uh, a live mm. action variety show that they had at the time is still there. So it's a crossover because the idea behind that is we can get people to watch Scooby Doo. They'll stay around to go check out Sunny and Share. So kind of similar mm-hmm. to the Three Stooges then. Exactly. Because there was a Three Stooges cartoon and then it's and then they would uh, you're sure you this is why they're the goat is because they, they fall under all four of these big examples for it. So you use them to boost another series. Scooby-Doo in the 70s was legit. And so mm-hmm. if you could even have yourself in there, 
um, as a guest in Scooby-Doo, then you would be able to hop in and check out and maybe you'll stick around and watch the, the variety show that's coming up. Or uh, Brady Bunch was one of the, the of the spinoffs that are on there. Live action and animated doesn't matter for this purpose. Because at some point in the early, in the mid 2000s, one of my favorite Scooby-Doo crossovers is when they crossed over with Supernatural. And that was fun. <laughs> my sister-in-law watched the entirety of Supernatural. Made my brother watch the entirety of Supernatural just so she could watch that episode. And I kept, as someone who watched 99 episodes, kept trying to tell her, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. You, you, you don't have just, to. No, I want to understand it. You won't. You won't. I promise you won't. You could just mm -hmm. watch it. You'll understand as much as if you, but she did. And I honestly uh, fear her for it. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, fair. <laughs> that's a level of, of That's something. a level of preparedness for a single episode that even I'm not worth wanting to get through. She loves Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Big same. I will say, I think uh, in more recent times, kind of after the uh, Scooby-Doo Supernatural episode, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, uh, 2010, 2011, I think is the time yeah. that, uh, that was airing. Uh, has probably one of my favorite crossovers, which is Scooby-Doo crossing over with all of the properties that were attempting to rip off Scooby-Doo in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. <gasps> so you get Speed Buggy, you get Jabberjaw, you get uh, Captain Caveman. Jabberjaw is always one of my favorites. Jabberjaw's great. <laughs> it's so good. And they just like, they're going to a mystery solving like state finals. It's like a big event for their school. <laughs> and all these other that mystery clubs are there. Classic. <laughs> Yeah. Like, how tongue-in-cheek can you be that you're like, yeah, I'm crossing over with the people who were ripping off my brand. Yeah, yeah and I think I think Hanna-Barbera is, like, especially god-tier at that, because Harvey Birdman mm -hmm. had several episodes along the same lines. Harvey Birdman of, Oh, we've got copyright lawsuits about <laughs> the same premise six times. <laughs> yeah, very true. So the one of the weirdest ones that Hanna-Barbera did was in the 80s. There was a series of uh, shows called Laugh Olympics, which was taking yeah. different series with different parts of Hanna-Barbera's cartoons and crossing them over for us this series, which is going to be the Olympics, but with cartoon characters. And so that's a whole crossover upon the crossover on top of that. Uh, that is. So here's the fun thing. You can cross over your own intellectual property if you want to. That is not a limiter for it. But yeah, this is why the, when it comes to crossovers, they're the goat. Uh, they crossed over with uh, WWE for a while there. That was a thing. Oh, I remember the John Cena one. Yeah. <laughs> How you couldn't see him. <laughs> What's the Wacky Racers a crossover? We mentioned Laugh Olympics. Not yes. originally, originally, I don't think. They but added they, a okay. couple of others, but yeah. Yeah. They, like, make all those I characters wacky for Wacky Racers, racers and I then give do. them their own premises and shows yeah. later? Yeah. Um, I like Penelope Pitstop. Oh, wow. Penelope Pitstop. That's incredible. What do you call that? <laughs> those are all just spinoffs. They're all just spinoffs on top of spinoffs. And they cross over with themselves again. I you always can, confuse Peter Perfect <laughs> with Dudley Do-Right. Yeah. To this day. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're they're not that much alike character wise, mm. like in terms of of the artistic style. But like for whatever reason, their personality, like big doofy blonde dude. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just it every every time I'm like, oh yeah, Dudley Do Right was in Wacky Races. It's like no, dude, he's, he had his own show. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I would have loved. Let's get that crossover episode a, in here on a chariot pulled by moose. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so glad someone brought up Wacky Races. Mm. So good. Oh, that's Classic. so good. I would like to thank Boomerang for this sponsoring this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Boomerang is, wow, now that you mention it, yeah, Boomerang exposed me to so many Hanna-Barbera mm -hmm. crossovers as a kid. 
And they're all over the place for that. So these examples are on there. So let's break down a little bit of these examples to just go over before we go nuts because we can't. Um, so the first big one is to extend a universe. Probably the most important crossover event for this, and now it's being animated for that, is Crisis on Infinite Earths. So mm. to those who don't know the, the comic book history for that, a little bit of backstory for it, by the time you got to the before Crisis, there was a problem in DC. Essentially, DC realized they owned too many thick comics. Too oh, many things. So the problem is that if you were on somebody new coming in, where do you start? All right, fair. At the time, they had three different Supermans. The one from the 1940s, uh, the original one from the 30s, and the one from the 70s are two completely different Supermans, and they're going side by side. Um, in fact, I believe that they're Supermen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get into this. What's the plural of Superman, folks? <laughs> Supermans? Supermans? Supermans. Supermanities. Supermanities. Superman Eye is my favorite. <laughs> Superman Eye. Uh, oh. But okay, so like with this being a thing on there, they also have the Charleston comics, which is a whole different comic company that they just picked up the rights to. And it's a common practice if a company is going out of stuff uh, is failing or something, if they pick up the up, they catch over that. And DC will continue that going into the night uh, into the late two thousands. And with things like, um, oh, we just talked about it a couple of episodes ago. It's the company that makes Static and and Icon and those characters. They picked them up. Image. Um, image. No, not Image. But although, no, it's uh, God. Who owns Static Shock? Um, it's it's. Was it Milestone? You're thinking of Milestone. That's the one I'm thinking of. I was about to say Malibu, but I know that's wrong. Milestone. Was Milestone independent? independent? Oh it yeah, it was, and then it got relaunched, relaunched. as mm -hmm. a as a sub label. Yeah, and we've talked about this in the our animated episode because one of the things that happens is if you watch Static Shock the show, that happens in the middle of Static Shock the show. The what? Cartoon. So season one, they're like they treat Superman and Batman as as cartoon as like comic book characters. Like yeah, you know Superman's over there in the Fortress of Solitude up north. Oh, and Batman's Bruce Wayne, and they just know it. In season two, forget that we don't know who Batman is. Yeah, Batman's Who's here. That guy? <laughs> Welcome. What's happening? Who was that? What? Superman's in town? Who knew that? I didn't know Superman was going to show up. Wild. Because partway in the middle of the series, their whole company gets picked up by DC. And what DC will do is they'll try to integrate everything in order, in a way to do that. Uh, Watchmen's very universe. Roman Empire. Yep. Yeah, Watchmen, uh, the comic book series, was supposed to be independent, and now it's part of the DC's regular canon <sighs> universe for it. For good and for ill, depending on who you talk to. <laughs> oh, I have so many gripes <laughs> to make about that. And that's, oh. that's also kind of the reason I'll always go to bat for Crisis on Infinite Earths, because I think it took a lot of heroes that otherwise... And I say this as a massive question fan, so I'm incredibly biased on this. Um, <laughs> I think it took a lot of heroes that wouldn't have gotten properly utilized otherwise and gave them a really good chance to be integrated. And I think that's kind of, you know, Crisis on Infinite mm -hmm. Earths breathing new life, not only into the universe itself, but into these lesser known series. Yeah. And for Crisis on Infinite Earths, unlike a lot of things, which I wish they would take the time for, it took almost two years of, of their writing staff to put it together because you're trying to cram 40 years worth of history into 10 comics. Yeah. I will say, I don't know if it was crisis that did this the first for me, but it's the first one that I can recall of the phrase, you know, don't be afraid to kill your darlings. 
because you see some bodies drop. Oh yeah. In bodies this book, drop you know, and hit the floor. They, they bring the crossover in. They combine the universes, mm-hmm. the, the the multiverses, etc. And then they, I mean, not everyone walks away from it. There are some big deaths. Mm-hmm. I remember being like, "You can do that?" Like, I'm sorry. Barry Allen as the Flash dies and is stays dead for something like fifteen whoa. plus years. Whoa, whoa, hey, spoilers, man. <laughs> I'm spoiling one of the most influential in the crossover <laughs> events of all time. It's only been like 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> now, the thing is that they do it again when DC starts doing the, the Arrowverse. And at some point they had they had four Arrowverse shows because you had Arrow yeah. and Flash and they had an annual crossover episode. Fun fact. It is always their most popular episode for both series is when they do their crossovers. Every so single cute. time. I can't imagine friends get together. <laughs> nerds liking two things that they already like together oh. in one in one place. That doesn't make any sense to me. Let's go. Um, did they do and... it as like one episode as part of one of the other shows, or did they do what some crossovers do, where they do like half of the episode is in our canon and the mm. other half? is in it because you used to get that with a lot of like Nickelodeon shows where mm-hmm. you had to mm-hmm. watch yeah. both series. Yes. Yes. They did that. So both. Yes. So the episodes officially time slot is in wherever that episode was when it aired. So like if arrow was on a Monday, you would get the the episode from arrow. And then Tuesday when the flash came on, you get the next chapter of it in that series. And then mm. you would have, black lightning section which is on the on the thursday night is when it came on and so they just did so for the audience they only had to wait one they only had to wait till the next following day to get to that episode nice. but if you are someone who's like wanting to collect them all on the dvds they don't separate them so you're gonna have to buy all four packs for that season That's how get oh you. and to their credit they did a pretty good job trying to handle crisis on infinite earths especially with that kind of a downscale it is a mess to deal with on that and I so could, they yeah, would i can't imagine taking that comic and being like we need we have four episodes that's enough mm-hmm. right four <laughs> that should be fine <laughs> um oh yeah and big people just that's how arrow goes out as it's last as a second as his last episode he dies in the middle of that crisis too spoilers for the 2018 show arrow all right everybody and that <laughs> meme that you have seen a thousand times yeah, <laughs> that's where that meme comes from. Oh, I didn't know the context stuff. of that until right now. I'm glad I do. <laughs> Listen, I I got into the Arrowverse when Legends of Tomorrow came out because I thought the premise was really cool. I I got I, into it until like halfway through season three when one of the characters died, and I'm not going into details because unlike some people, I'm not going to spoil stuff. Thank you. This is spoiler heavy <laughs> podcast. So if you will spoil everyone, there's a warning at the beginning of every episode. That is um, on there. <laughs> but yeah, he died, and I just completely checked out after that. I was like, okay, cool, bye. That's and that's fair. Same, though. It was funny, because my dad and I were watching it together, too. Mm. Like, that was a thing every week. Every every time the new episode yeah. would come on, the day after we'd go and we'd watch it on the DVR together. And then he died, and we both kind of went, eh. I guess we're done. And just moved on with our lives. Just, you haven't um. spoken to your father since. You have nothing in common. <laughs> I can't believe it ruined your relationship. <laughs> No, I think what we did after that was we watched we um we rewatched Netflix Daredevil mm. to like Aww. fill the void because it yeah. was like oh well what do we watch now oh yeah let's just rewatch Netflix Daredevil it's a good choice now for an example that's uh, 
that's where we end up doing stuff like uh, the MCU, the DC Extended Universe, and my personal favorite of these for a good option is the MonsterVerse, the one with King Kong yeah. and Godzilla. And that oh. way you can have a big old fight whenever you want to. And to Toei's credit, the company who makes who owns the rights to uh, Godzilla, when uh, when all these extended universes and combined universes that were seen that were com that were big and coming up like for like ten plus years ago or five plus years ago, crashed and started crumbling down, they're like, no, 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 you go, you just keep on going, keep trucking, that's fine. Don't turn around, don't look. Godzilla back. doesn't stay down. <laughs> you know, Godzilla didn't hear no bell. <laughs> <laughs> amazing honestly leo when you said monsterverse i thought you meant dark universe for a hot second and i was yeah. so confused i was like i can't <laughs> believe we're speaking that into this space still um, the dark time exactly time. exactly so here's that the fun died thing. as quickly as it came around and i couldn't be happier the worst part it. about that is that this is not the first time with that type of dark universe on it so Mm -hmm. film history for everybody there used to be a movie back in the 30s called house of frankenstein that movie is actually a monster movie mashup that you would have that to have an excuse to put dracula who at that point should be dead I frankenstein also should it. be dead and the wolfman also should be dead all together no, 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 in the no, no, no. room i mean but they do dracula and is, the mummy. is dead for the record and the mummy is in there yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's literally not living. He's, he's, literally, he's undead. Um, yeah. uh, AJ, do you think uh, Epic Universe is going to still do the monster park, or did did, uh, did the movies ruin those for us? Are we never going to get a monster park? Yeah. I, I will gesture vaguely to the Halloween Horror Nights poster behind me, <laughs> and I think that I think that's the most that's going to come of, of, a, of a unified universe mm. for any Universal Monsters properties mm. anymore. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's something that very strongly dwells in the we do this in one specific time because it's the only time it makes sense. And I will say, if you go check out Standby Line for our Halloween Horror Nights episode, the Universal <laughs> Monsters house is the only one that genuinely scared me, which was surprising. <laughs> and I, I think that know. we would call that a crossover. That's yeah. a crossover. <laughs> so now, um, before so, we get away from Toei, I have yeah. to, I have, to, I have to bring some things up because I'd be doing a disservice not to the Shin line. So Shin Godzilla, Shin Ultraman, Shin Common Rider, where they literally combine, they take Tokusatsu properties and Godzilla, and I mean a number of other things, and I think Evangelion's in there somewhere, yeah, and they literally throw the them into the same universe. So you've got a normal human in a high-tech suit. You've got a normal human who uses alien technology to grow and fight fight giant Godzilla-sized monsters. You have a giant Godzilla-sized monster in Godzilla, and you have Ava Unit 1. <laughs> and they team up. They, they cross over for reasons, which, I mean, for check reasons. it out. It's, it, it's honestly super good. Additionally, I do find it a little bit funny in crossovers in general, but Toei does this kind of the best, in my opinion. Super Sentai is a property that they own. They also own Kamen Rider and a number of other ones. Uh, yeah. All, all of these Power Rangers-like shows. And inevitably, they're like, we want to either cross over with the two teams, the old team that's on its way out and the new team that's coming on its way in, or they want to cross over with the solo hero Kamen Rider and a team of, like uh, Power Rangers, right? They want to get right. them in a room together. But inevitably, it always starts out in every movie and, and crossover they do that they're like, oh, you're being super whack to me. And they're like, you're being super whack to me. And then they fight at first. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you know going in, you know there's they're going to fight initially. And then they're yeah. going to make up and join forces and fight the bad people. 
But it just seems like every time, like even teams who have had a crossover episode will still follow this trope and will continue to fight <laughs> weird. other heroes. Yeah, so like you, you had one group who was in the previous movie as the team coming in. Now they're on their way out, but they still fight the team that's coming in. It's very <laughs> odd. And the thing that my point is, uh, to make a short point long, that I find very funny is that nobody wins in a fight crossover. Mm. Because how do you do that, yeah. right? We mentioned it with Sherlock Holmes uh, earlier, and it's like, if you if you let Sherlock Holmes die, you know, or, or be defeated by the greatest thief ever, then it's like, well, he loses face at that point. So he can't lose. But the greatest thief ever, Lupin, also can't lose, because then he's not the greatest thief, right? I find that dynamic very interesting, because you, you just have this, like, sort of, like, immovable force and unstoppable, or unstoppable object. force, movable object. Yeah. I screwed that up. Yeah. Fix it in post. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like but yeah, I, the, I just find that interesting. Sorry, go ahead, Ashwood. One of the <laughs> biggest questions you have with any crossover, or the most common crossover for fans, is going to be the who would win in a fight. And it, it's mm-hmm. it's always going to be, you can't answer that question because then you're taking all the fun out of the out of the argument. You're deflating the fans. So it's got to be, yeah, they totally fight, but it's going to be a stalemate. And then the monster of the week is going to show up. You're, you know, you're, uh, mm-hmm. whoever was like masterminding the fight and the, originally is going to be I've the one who shows up and they have to team up, shake hands, the explosions behind you mm-hmm. and, and you go in for the fight. Yeah. And I feel like that can be such a bummer. In, like in when that, well, not well, not even that. It's like you go in in a crossover, and you know, as Dana said, like they can't lose. Neither can lose, and so I feel like it's really hard to make that thing you want to see. But I want to see these characters use their incredible things, the things I like about these characters. I want to see them how they compare to each other. But I also feel like, as an audience member, it's so telling that the instinct is always what let's make them fight out of the jump and like have to satisfy that idea that superiority has to come from violence because i think Mm. some of my personal favorite crossovers are when you have these characters and they just instantly are like well we're best friends now and we're going to showcase our amazing abilities by how well they play off each other and that highlights it and i'm not saying the ones where they fight are never satisfying I'm just saying, it. I feel like the writing has to be really impressive to make me not feel like I just wasted 45 minutes waiting for you to get to the villain. Yeah, I, I, and I will agree. say, oh. in, in a lot of cases, I, we talk about how you can't answer the question of who wins in a fight. The few times it does happen in a crossover, I can almost guarantee you that crossover is like immediately forgotten a couple of years later. It doesn't count. It, it's not canon. Godzilla, Godzilla and Kong has crossed over before the MonsterVerse. Yeah, Toho made oh, a yeah. Godzilla versus Kong movie, and yeah. out of deference to the fact that they had to get the rights to King Kong, they let King Kong win. Yeah, King Kong beats Godzilla into submission, looks at him and goes, "Okay," and swims away. And that's, that's, that's it. That's the end of the movie. <laughs> it's and that's so... why. And then you get legendary, like 30, 40 years later, coming around yeah. with Godzilla versus Kong, who immediately goes, "Oh well, we can't really answer that definitively." So it's like we're going to look like Godzilla is going to win. Oh wait, there's Mecha Godzilla. They have to work together. Uh, yeah. What mm-hmm. a shame. I hated wow. Godzilla versus Kong. If you can't tell, <laughs> I always find it a little bit interesting. There's there's another channel out there that I'm not going to name because I don't want to throw any hate, but like. I get so incensed by their breakdown of mm. characters fighting, we'll say. Uh, it just it just drives me up the wall because it always comes down to some sort of like infinitesimally small thing. And they're like, oh, well, this character can bench press 400 million tons of TNT. And because of that, 
it's a Tuesday, so this character would win. And I'm like, <laughs> I, like, I don't follow, but like, okay, like you're, you're doing the science, you're doing the math, that's fine. But I like, I find myself watching these things and getting incensed, even though I may not have a horse in the race. Like, it could be over two characters I don't even care about, and like one character wins because his shoe was untied or something. I'm like, what is it? What is happening? Like, what do you mean? Ah, it just drives me up the wall. <laughs> oh man. Um. So like. And this is like the or what is it? What was a big one back then? Um, Nickelodeon did one. It was Jimmy Neutron. And oh my god, Jimmy Neutron and Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that was. Oh, that's it. Because they yeah. listen. Was Jimmy gonna fight Timmy? That's stupid. No, they're yeah. gonna prove that they would be so much better in each other's lives. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go right out on on say it. Timmy bodies Jimmy. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> With actual <laughs> magic. Yeah. With literal magic. He has wishes. He can just wish God, this so problem funny. thing that he does. Okay, um, no, can we spend a minute just on? No, no, I'm so sorry, Leo. I just, yeah, go for it. The, the, the animation swap in the mm-hmm. Timmy Jimmy Power Hour, brilliant. like, that is so brilliantly, like, I feel like that's, like, one of the best crossovers because of at least the visual ambition of the storytelling mm-hmm. where it's, and there's, like, two shows, totally different animation styles, completely different, and it's just... That scene at the end where Timmy, I, th- I think it's in the third one because there's multiple of these there's where more Timmy's of being one, pulled yeah. <laughs> back and forth by, uh, or is it Jimmy's getting, regardless, and it's going from the 3D animation to the 2D, like that is just beautiful. It's so beautiful, it's and amazing. the potential of a crossover is more than just let's take our toys and slam them together. They can be such riveting, like parts of like creativity and storytelling. Oh, you all just sorry, so. unlocked a bit of a core memory for me. I had forgotten that Rugrats and Ariel Monsters also did a crossover episode. Yes, I never saw did. that. No. Oh my! Yeah. I was that scared like, of Ariel Monsters. I it took <laughs> me a while to get into Ariel Monsters, but then I ended up really loving it. But I could not imagine doing that with Rugrats a crossover. Yeah, they That's show up. Wild. I think it's one of the earlier seasons i want to say but it 100 percent happens i'm i have or i'm having an elusive uh, lucid uh <laughs> dream at this point but yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah yeah it was a thing that happened it was a thing that happened Why? because they were both being made by um the same animation studio that's right yeah. typically a lot of those if they can be made at the same animation studio they'll do that um, mm-hmm. Now, how much of the of an open can of worms that they do that either falls on makes it so that way either this is here for funsies or this has real consequences on it, like the the example we did with the with the monsterverse and all those ones. So, th- for a lot of those ones, because it's still going to be so much of one off and nobody's going to remember on that, they'll stick it in the funsies category. Mm-hmm. So, Leo, so, yeah, to go off of section three introduce and boost other series i know tmnt and yojimbo are one of them yeah. um not to switch gears too much but the turtles yeah. have crossed over with themselves is that still a crossover um so for that one e- turtles yes because okay. each time they cross over it's a completely different series 1987's turtles will cross over with 2000 with uh 2012's cross uh turtles which at some point will cross over with them again uh mm. turtles Forever is an amazing crossover episode, which is just a final movie to finalize the twenty twelve the two thousand eight Turtles that okay. was at the time. Um, you will almost never see, the thing is that eighty seven Turtles is the most prevalent and popular one. We're talking about it's before the Simpsons. This was the longest running animation show uh, series in the United States. That's it was wild. a ten year long series. 
Wow. For, for 87 turtles. It doesn't stop until like you'll be, uh, it's, it's 10 seasons long. Um, Damn, can you imagine any series getting 10 seasons, let alone an animated one? Not at that time, no. Not at that time, yeah. Not today! And, <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure... Get my back. I feel like, I feel like Family Guy and, and American Dad are probably still running. Mm. Okay, yeah. I mean, okay I, well, let me clarify. I, I Children's American animation. Dad, okay. Yeah, oh, okay. I think American Dad may have ended, but Family oh, Guy maybe. is still running. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just haven't heard anything about American Dad in a couple of years. It sucks because American Dad, in my opinion, is the oh, so much funnier, so much funnier than mm-hmm. Family Guy. So uh, much. Anyways, um, they also had their own crossover episode with a hurricane that basically is a hurricane that goes down the because it starts in in the north and goes downwards where you end up with because the Cleveland show is in takes place in South Carolina, I believe, and then you had American Dad, which takes place in Langley Falls, which is in Virginia. And then uh, Rhode Island, which is where Family Guy goes in. And Family Guy has two different crossovers. The weirdest thing about Family Guy is that the most popular episode of Family Guy is their Simpsons crossover. That's it. Mm-hmm. Nothing has in the ratings has touched that sucker for it. Now the Simpsons is legacy. They, if they don't, they're, they're, I'm surprised they don't have as many crossovers as they did. But their big crossover was with the Critic because they were made by the same production company. Actually, let's skip the other side of that one. So the the cross uh, the critic was a crossover for that for Earth because they wanted to do a crossover to try to elevate and basically uh, here's a backdoor pilot. This is what the show might be about. Enjoy for this, okay? People liked it, great. If not, all right, we have this. My favorite weird story about that is that they have like when they was talking about TMT and Usagi Jimbo. Usagi Jimbo was an independent comic. That was also about anthropomorphic animals, except they are from an anthropomorphic universe. And then, but the turtles are not. They're from modern day New York. And due to some magical shenanigans, they end up in the, uh, they end up crossing over with each other. Hmm. The thing is that when they first did it in the animated series in the 87, people didn't realize these are two different comics. So people just assumed Usagi Ojimbo was another turtles character oh that didn't work yeah <laughs> so they didn't realize that that is just a, a their own too independent seamless thing. <laughs> so seamless do you know Leo? Um, look i know that there's a number of different animals in turtles property yeah is is that did that come about because of yojimbo or is that uh, before yojimbo and just a coincidental thing before the Ojimbo and as a coincidence. Okay. So for Turtles, it's a coincidence because in order for them to have the cartoon, they had a toy line. In order for them to have a toy line, they needed other characters to be toys. And so they just sort of jotted down other characters and made a toy into them and then later put that character into the show. The old man of All of them problems. except Got it. for one. Cartoons in the dumb. 80s. Don't you love yeah. them? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah. And... I mean, it elevated one particular toy company into being the third biggest toy company on on Earth because of Turtles on that. Turtles as a thing back in the 80s and the early 90s was massive. That's actually that thing with the Usagi Ojim is why they don't do it very often because the problem is they might not realize it's a whole thing to bring it up. Another one of the weird ones, uh, example of that is NBC's crossovers in the 90s and late 80s. So, let me backtrack for you. You remember Friends, right? If you've seen that, there's Friends, there's Seinfeld, there's Mad About You, there's uh, Wings, there is also Cheers. 
technically speaking, they all exist copacetically with each other. Mm -hmm. They all have a crossover episode with each other at some point with the same characters playing the same things. But Cliff not Frasier because that's a spinoff. But it's not Frasier because that's a spinoff. Although, but it would Frasier because it's still... And at some point, Shear's characters show up in there too, so... Good old ca- Ted Danson episode. Yeah. Is, that a, is that a cameo or is that a crossover? For that purpose. Yes. For Frasier, yeah. yeah. It can be both. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, just uh, not part of crossovers at all. Just a fact. I know. Yeah. Technically, in all of those universes, ghosts canonically exist because yeah. for a Disneyland special, uh, the cast of Cheer or the, the characters from Cheers were watching this special on TV. And one of the guys tells a story about how he went to Disneyland as a child and rode the Haunted Mansion and fell in love with a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, they just let them do that. It was the 90s. No one was, was paying like, attention. So the th- reason why this comes up is, and here's the weird thing, it's because of NBC. They had a mandate because Cheers at the time was the biggest sitcom ever uh, back in the early 90s and late 80s. And because it was so popular, they used guests from Cheers to try to boost ratings for other new shows so they would have them go out to these other shows as their own characters. have to go out. So like, it's weird because like even Kelsey Grammer was talking about that once. He goes, I haven't played Frasier for two years, and this is before he gets his spinoff, and he has to remember that he has to come back to be Frasier Crane in this one sitcom for, like, one episode, and then has to jump it again. Huh. I think it. I think that ended up be like, creating one of the biggest shared universes before Marvel, right? Because you had, mm-hmm. like, all of these little Cheers characters showing up, and, like, all the way it did like start those would cross over with other TV shows of the time. And so you would get like twin peaks in the same universe as uh law and order. Mm-hmm. If you like connected all the dots enough times. Yeah. And they repeatedly do this. And then a lot of those shows are actually uh, never happened because a lot of the ones that crossed over ended up in, what is it? St. Nowhere. Yes. The one that yeah, famously ends right, yeah. with the young boy yeah. looking into a snow globe. Yeah. Say the elsewhere. Say, uh, say elsewhere. It, that yeah. all of uh, the say elsewhere takes place in the mind of a of a of a child. Well, and if you do Twin Peaks, then you've got X Files because those universes are connected. I mean, yeah. But Cheers takes place in the X Files universe. <laughs> when do we get to talk about crossovers would... that were bad and sucked? I know we've been talking whoa, whoa, about whoa, all whoa. of our favorites. Wait, wait, but wait, like... Hold on, and then X Files and Simpsons crossed over. Yeah. So. <laughs> Twin Peaks <laughs> takes place in the Simpsons universe. Twin so Peaks takes place in the American extension. Dad universe. Yeah. So some of his friends. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's turtles all the way oh down. <laughs> it's turtles a... all the way down. We need a conspiracy murder wall that lines and strings for this. Hold on, I'll pull my corkboard off from behind my camera. <laughs> so if we want to take a second to just talk about the ones that we absolutely hate of the worst crossovers on there, my worst crossover is ironically one of the best, and I hate it on principle. Not hate it because it's a bad episode. It's actually one of my favorites. So, in the 60s, you had two show, uh, weird shows. Batman, you know, corny, mm-hmm, classic mm-hmm. Batman. He has his crossover with Green Hornet. And I am sorry. As much as I want to, as you can tell me, as much of a storyline, there is no way Burt Ward or Robin will beat Bruce Lee. That's why I hate it. There's oh. no way he would so be contrived. 
that crossover was so full of potential, but then they make the weirdest decision possible having Robin beat up. And like they're gonna have to fight each other. Okay, so Bruce Lee's just gonna win a fist fight with this one. Mm-hmm. But given enough time and enough planning, be like water. beat everybody. <laughs> yeah, but that's yeah, still Batman him, but Robin can't. Part of me, part of me, also wonders if part of that was the reasoning. Was it was if Kato beats up Robin, then Batman has to beat up Kato, and then it's like, okay, well, our entire crossover <laughs> is just them taking turns pummeling each other for pummeling each other. That's why I think the fighting thing is not fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I mean, like Kato's a, as far as I'm aware, in canon, like an adult person. Yes. Having yeah. him he's beat a grown, up yeah, he's a, child. a grown man beating he's up not a, a great like fourteen year old tops. <laughs> And in canon, Kato is basically as skilled as Bruce Lee as a martial artist. That is that is his thing. I've never seen them in the same room together. I will put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that is personally my weird, like, the, the one that I dislike. But the, again, do I love that episode? Do I go back to watch it? Hell yeah, it's super fun. Mm-hmm. But I, I hate it on principle on the basis that I, Bruce Lee would definitely whip, whip Robin. He just I have... will. Which Robin, though? Uh, this is Dick Grayson, Robin. <laughs> okay, yeah. So nice. Jason Todd, maybe, but... <laughs> maybe. Damian Wayne, definitely. <laughs> I have two that come to mind, and they're for two very different reasons why I don't like them as crossovers. Sure. And I'm going to do the one that I like, uh, that I dislike slightly less first, because it's like, I don't... Crossovers, when it is clearly just done to show you the trailer for the episodes. Mm. Check it out. It's New Girl and Brooklyn Nine-Nine crossing over. And in the trailer, they show you the literally one scene where Peralta and Zoe Deschanel are talking to each other. And like, that's the episode. And then you watch the New Girl episode being like, was there more over here? Like, why did you waste? This could have been anybody. Why did you waste my time? They walked past each other. And now they proved that they're in the same universe. Come on, Darian. Mm -hmm. No, you're right. That's on me. That's I have to keep my mind open for the potential. No, so I don't like I don't like being tricked. Um, So I didn't care for that on that one. And this is just a highlight yeah. reel. That's a bit. If if you could show me everything that this crossover is about in literally your trailer for the crossover, like the, this was a glorified cameo at mm-hmm. best. The other one is when they cross over two properties that not only had no damn business being together, but also actively contradicts the reality of the other property. And I'm not talking about when it's fun. It's okay when it's fun. But when you have Bones and Sleepy Hollow, gonna act oh, like these are happening work. in the same. No, no, it doesn't work to have. I didn't even know those shows crossed over. Mm-hmm. It was bad. It was bad, and it was just I trying have to, to like question how that existed. I questions, I it like undermines everything about Bones, and then it just served to be like, oh, you and Ichabod really should be together. I didn't think me and my partner had romantic stuff too, but like we totally did. I understand your show is going straight down the drain, though. I am so sorry about that. <laughs> It does kind of remind me, we spoke of these, both of these shows earlier as well, speaking of crossovers that I don't feel like makes any sense, like Supernatural and Legends of Tomorrow, like Mm -hmm. similar Mm -hmm. vein, but still weird to me at least. Yeah. Did that happen? No, that one did not happen. Did it not? I thought it did. Not for Supernatural. No. Did it not? I could have sworn it did. Nope. Maybe I'm imagining things again my bad wait did you say supernatural another reality just bleeding yeah. into no, your no, mind while you sleep really prismo no. i could have 
Mm, weird. I will tell you what my most hated crossover is. All right, and I, I, I alluded to it earlier. It's Doomsday Clock. Oh. I, am, I am so mad that Watchmen is DC canon. I It completely flies in the face of both what Watchmen was made for mm-hmm. and what it says about DC as a universe. And let it be said, I'm not I'm not going to be here and like ride Alan Moore's train all the way down to the to its logical conclusion. But yeah. when you make a comic that is supposed to specifically be like dismantling the concept of superheroes and the idea of commodification of these kinds of stories. Um, and then they turn around and go, OK, but we're also going to turn it into our biggest crossover event. What's the yeah. point, man? What's what's the point, especially when. DC editorial looked at Alan Moore when he pitched Watchmen and go, no, you can't use the characters we just spent several million dollars buying. Yeah. (laughs) Make your own characters because we don't want to get rid of that investment right after we did it. Oh yeah, very much so. That, and as a, as a question fan, I will take this opportunity to quote the question 17, Rorschach sucks. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Ashwood, what do you got? worst crossover see i i like can't whatever part of my brain would be would would like hold on to a crossover that i didn't like is is like shut down because all i can remember are the like fabulous bits from the the timmy jimmy power hours and the the monster verse that we've already talked about you're a happier person just a little just a little bit over in existence listen Avatar The Last Airbender and Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) Not wrong. I would would not call this. Or would it just be M. Night Shyamalan for that one? Listen, the CG wasn't ready yet. But also. (laughs) But also. But also. One crossover that I feel like started really strong um, in the world of video games and has since petered off, for me at least, was Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. <gasps> oh my god! Hi, I'm Ooh. I'm back. Hello. <laughs> I'm back. No, I'm I'm on Dane's side. Yeah. So, and I love Kingdom Hearts more than I'm almost anything. Disagree. Okay. But okay. Only only slightly because it is like it's become. I mean, especially with three, it's become less of a crossover. If only because we're lacking you know, Final Fantasy characters anymore. Any but, of them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that is my issue with it, right? So you start out in, in Kingdom Hearts 1, you got Disney characters and Final Fantasy, and you're like, what is happening? You got chocolate in my peanut butter. It's delicious. Let's continue forward. Find the door to darkness. Yeah. Hell yeah. Second <laughs> one, more of the same. More characters. YRPs there, and they're pixies for reasons I don't really understand, but whatever. It's cool. Get in the gummy ship. Let's go to Traverse Town. Three. Oh, there's like Disney characters. Yeah. I would even I would even argue that they lose the appeal of having the Disney characters there. Mm. Because mm. in yeah, the when earlier... it very clearly just became, oh yeah, we're just marketing the stuff we need to market now. And retelling yeah. the same stories you've watched in the movies, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and none of that, it's like also not even using them as a way to let our character, our original characters go grow in a like early games like Sora's meant to learn a lesson from interacting with these characters and like see what like the beast has like so much heart and his love for a battle he'll like travel across the, these worlds and and then by this one I'm looking here like I feel like there was a lesson in Frozen that got gutted 
Um, I I've can't had wait a lot for Kingdom Hearts Four to have a Twilight Zone uh, map where the ending isn't where, where the ending quite literally just comes down to what all those Tumblr posts describe the Twilight Zone as. Wow, wasn't that screwed up? <laughs> where it crosses over with Alan Wake for reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I know Zombie Hand would be down for that, but I would play the. Sh- I would be its biggest fan. I would be yeah. the one person that's like, no, no, I will go to bat for it. I'll defend it because Alan Wake is my favorite game. Like, but yeah. if they just bring it for the ah, look, it's Alan Wake, but they don't bring any of those themes and that thing that made it special and the element that could have elevated the reason it's crossing over Dylan, at all. I hear you, but Alan Wake is there. So I'm <laughs> you know, I know that's totally fair. I understand. I'm just hoping for. I'm sick. I'm just hoping I'm s- for Night Springs at this point. <laughs> I remember when we worked at Hastings together and you came over surprised Rip. thinking I had started playing music from the Alan Wake soundtrack when it was in fact this weird radio that had like one song from that band <laughs> it was on it that happened to be from Alan Wake. <laughs> yeah. It was Poets from the Falls. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good song. Um, Listen, in defense no, so of Kingdom you- Hearts 3. I think so. that, okay. My um my gut my knee jerk reaction aside, um I do I can't agree that just the fact that it's not really much of a crossover anymore. And yeah, the Disney worlds don't really serve a purpose other than mm-hmm. they're just plot devices. They're not actually even there for any set reason. pieces. Even set yeah. pieces, yeah, like they're really just there to be like we are still world hopping. But what what mm-hmm. purpose does it serve? It's just that I genuinely with 98% of my heart really enjoyed that game like I, oh no super fun yeah we're not like, super about yeah. enjoyment no, no, though. yeah exactly. and, and don't get me wrong right you don't like like Kingdom Hearts 3 was a fine game and it doesn't take much to sell me on a, on an RPG from Japan like it, it does not <laughs> take much to sell me on that you put that J in front of it and you're in yeah, Close pretty much. Good yeah. Pretty much, you know, but it's it's one of those things where like I really feel like they've lost the thread on their own crossover and not that it's the Final Fantasy is what made it novel cuz the Disney stuff was really good too, but the combination of those things mm-hmm. was really missing for me in 3. Yeah. And I can I, I can I yeah, Let's take go. It, oh, I I was just going to say that I I can agree with that. I think I definitely get where you're coming from. Also, I'm two trophies away from platinuming it. <laughs> damn girl good job <laughs> thank you uh, i, was I will proud s- of it. <laughs> i will say um well i stand by everything i said about i don't feel like the game utilized the disney worlds to push the plot forward as much as they could uh the exception being the toy story world which is the best world in that game and so also good. woody tells the villain of the whole thing that he just sucks because no one ever loved him and I will give it oh, that. That was so oddly that. savage. Wow. I, I, it really was. Like, wow. I mean, especially Woody didn't have to go that hard. Good. He did that for us. But he was <laughs> tapping into that like uh, marionette version of Woody in the early storyboarding. Like he was yeah. finding that. Rap. When when you to look at the themes of Toy Story, like that's really on brand, and I think that's why it makes it feel so mm-hmm. hard. And you're like, oh god, I felt that in my soul. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then. We have to watch two full song sequences of in Frozen while a character monologues over them. Um, also, really awkward. I got like secondhand embarrassment from that whole scene. I like <laughs> so. It was so bad. It's so it's uncomfortable. Like, at least let me play a rhythm game. 
Yes. Like, she started singing. I was like, oh my God, are we doing this? And then Sora's like, wow, people have problems or whatever, like, was going on (laughs) thematically in that part. Like, super awkward. I got secondhand embarrassment. I was, I was like, can we be done with this now, please? I like this song. Can we be, but can we be done? Yeah. Yeah, like, I can't be here anymore. I have to leave. <laughs> please let me skip the cutscene. Please let me skip the cutscene. Please let me skip the cutscene. <laughs> please let me skip the Looking at you, Xeno Gears. Or Xeno Saga. I think Zombie Hand's the only one who hasn't given us a... Because Ashwood's beautiful mind is no, not... No, Hollywood happening. has <laughs> I love I that, though. Process. But I love that for you. Ashwood, I do. We, you we need more to... Ashwoods in the world. The it's, positivity it's is honestly... awesome. It's why I couldn't even keep up with Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Yep, it's the same part of my brand. Yeah, <laughs> 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 that's fair. I know I too much about Kingdom Hearts because I never mm-hmm. finished the mobile game, but oh, I finished watching... Oh. Uh, there's this whole video series online that's like the chronology of Kingdom Hearts, mm-hmm. and it starts with the mobile game and then just starts intersplicing like, when Sora's little and birth nicely. And I, like, I know too much about Kingdom Hearts now. I'm... I, I probably should just I, I don't know. Lobotomies are still a thing, probably. Um, <laughs> I like dip into the wiki sometimes to be like, oh, what's going on in the mobile games? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, oh no way. Wow, really? That ben is like, here. You... I would what's happening in the mobile game? Yeah, none of this makes sense. I regret yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds oh, like we need to have a Kingdom Hearts. The only episode. character who's not uh, perfectly pale and he is in fact the villain. Great. Cool, 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 cool. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Cool. cool. <laughs> as long as we got something. He's been norted. Uh, uh, Zamia, do you have one hateful um, uh, crossover? Sorry, one what crossover? A crossover you dislike. I gave the worst one. Enjoy. Yeah. Avatar and Hollywood. Avatar versus Avatar Hollywood. Avatar and Hollywood, that's a good cross. Yeah. I also would accept <laughs> Alien versus Predator. Was not a Aliens fan. versus Predator. Um, yeah. One of my favorite crossovers, which I guess isn't technically a crossover anymore, and I'm going to blow a lot of minds here. I know. Alan Wake and Control. I know. What? Crazy. Shocking. I'm playing those also, games now. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, I'm playing through the yeah. first Alan Wake for the, fir- for the first time myself. Um, oh, God. I yeah, it's... I, would, I, I very much appreciate. I'll talk about it. Le- all day. Leo's like, "What's your least <laughs> favorite crossover?" You're like, my favorite crossover is Alan Wake. <laughs> <laughs> we already opened the door by talking about Kingdom Hearts, and that was oh, like yeah. the, it's the fair. Loop. It's fair. No, Alan Wake's incredible. Go play it. Go go yeah. go live in that universe. Phenomenal. So, I I guess but, at this point, let's go with our favorite crossovers of all time. On that, oh. I'll step out. Ashwood, you guys know. Ashwood, I'll step out. We. Ashwood has to start then because he's he's yeah, yeah, got yeah. all of them in his yeah, brain. Yeah, he's got. All okay, <laughs> okay. So this this is it's a Power Rangers one. It's when they introduce the Alien Rangers by uh, it's it's one of those kickstarting a series that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because all of the original Power Rangers get turned into children, mm. and so the that. Alien Rangers have to come in and like step up and defend the Earth for a little bit. And okay. so you have this like ridiculous premise where all your favorite characters for the past like four seasons are now like wee little babies, except for Billy for some reason. <laughs> Billy gets to stay an adult, and they uh, the Alien Rangers come in and they just start kicking ass from day one. So it, mm. it for me was like I don't know that's that cements as one of the my favorite crossovers. 
you know, shout out to Aquatar, all, all our yep. Aquatar fans out there. We appreciate you listening. Uh, Alien Rangers for sure. I do find it funny too in that crossover that like some of the children looked a spitting image of their adult or you know of the older actors, yep. and there are some that just did not look even remotely <laughs> like their their. And it was like what the point of points. Turbo, which I think was the series that predated it uh, by one. Yeah. Involved a child that could morph up. He he. When he morphed, he became <laughs> yeah. an adult. And it's yeah. like you had that's a built-in problem that's already solved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, yeah, absolutely wild. That's a good one though. That does remind me of my two favorite crossovers on there. Ooh, so like, I'll two. go with my very favorite one. But this is a very good close-up, which I didn't start until like I think 2020 to check it out. Forever Red. That episode is yep. like the single best Power Rangers episode out there. And it is a crossover with, what is it, five, no, six different pro- uh, Power Rangers series all together. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And um, the coolest thing about that is, because normally in those Super Sentais, they use other footage to save money. No, no, no. This is all original footage. Every choreograph that's that so they did good. was specifically tied to every single person that's like, this is how they fight in their series. This is exactly how we want them to fight here. We're not, we're not getting, and they, or as some people have seen the back tile of that is, we gave them a good budget because Saban's mm. cheap. <laughs> no, 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 no. I need to put all uh, some extra money into this to make sure it works. And they got the uh, director who directed most of the power of all of the series to do the directing for that. So they put out uh, all the stops, but my, absolute favorite crossover of all time which will never be done again is dc versus marvel mm, oh yeah. yeah never gonna happen never gonna happen never gonna happen again i love the origins of this hey do you think we could fight yeah that's uh we could put dc characters to go up against marvel and put them in a competition yeah that's a funny thing i'll talk to my bosses just as a lark how about you do that yeah i'll do that just as a lark cool what uh what <laughs> There's some and then wild they had to exchange art, uh, uh, exchange artists, exchange writers, and so they had a team built from part. Some of them are from DC, some of them are from Marvel. Even created a whole spinoff of a universe just to have a funsies where they're all glued together as superheroes, like Bruce Wayne, oh, wow. Agent of talk- Shield. I love talking about Amalgam. Amalgam, Amalgam is, such is a, a mess, and it is amazing. I love that. <laughs> Bruce Wayne, Agent of Shield, Wonder Witch, who was both. Like Storm and uh, yeah, Storm and maybe and uh, Wonder Woman, we're gluing that together, but then also you get so those guys who would make go into a competition, some of them make sense, some of them don't. And it was, I love the idea of Spider Man just out thinking Superboy, even though Superboy should by all means wreck him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Wolverine versus Batman's a weird choice. Wonder Woman beating Thor makes perfect sense to me, but but Wolverine yeah, versus absolutely. Batman, I remember being like, that guy can heal. Yeah, no, how do you uh, when they did the Elmalgan thing? Wolverine and, and, and just glued together with yeah. Batman. That was weird. It's a bit odd. I mean, I'm down for it, but it's it's mm-hmm. a bit odd. I also always found the implication talking about Wonder Woman versus Thor. The implication that Storm is stronger than uh, than Thor is very funny to me as an X Men fan. <laughs> uh-huh. <Yeah>. Absolutely, <laughs> because like yeah, she probably is. We'll never know, probably but is. yeah, probably. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, I love yeah, that Diana's worthy too, right? I, th- I thought that was pretty <laughs> mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. She picks up Mjolnir at some point. I was like, yeah, that tracks. Like, sure. 
Uh, Dane, how about you go next? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, to continue uh, the Power Rangers train, uh, I, it's, it's, it's not super well-loved by everybody, but when they meet the turtles, the live-action costume turtles. Oh, my God. Power Rangers <laughs> yes. in space oh, and the, yes. the, the live-action costume turtles. That is Incredible. so bad, but I do enjoy it It's, so it's much. real bad. It's not a good no, episode. But I remember being like the formative age and just being like, like what? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Um, so yeah, I think I mean just just like the the knee jerk reaction of just like a hype. I don't know, ten year old me mm. <laughs> just lives near and dear to my heart. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get you on that one. I think the turtles like ride the the hoverboards at some point that the Power Rangers in space had, and I was just yeah, like, this that'd be is so dangerous so, for the actors. This is so. Oh yeah, oh, oh, <laughs> probably terribly dangerous, but it looked real cool at the time. <laughs> <laughs> And that's all we really care about. You think we're uh, here for actor safety? Yeah. <laughs> May I share a uh, one that I pr- I don't think is actually good, but was from the ten year old hype train. Uh huh. Absolutely. Like first, ex- like my first time, like being like told by media crossovers can happen, and that was a little three part program called "That's So Sweet Life of Hannah Montana" on the Disney. Oh Channel. yes, <laughs> yes. And it was. That was awesome. I loved it. It was, I loved Raven at the Tipton being friends with Maddie, trying to get her fashion off the ground by being like, Maddie, you can get London to wear my outfits. And London being like, I don't wear no names. And it was so good. And then Hannah Montana walks in at the end and she and London are fighting over Raven's dress because they both love it so much. Yeah. I do also oh, remember being is... distinctly upset, feeling like the Hannah Montana episode did not have enough crossover because I think they just are there for the first scenes and then go back to Malibu. So I'm bringing back the yeah. complaint I had. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, yeah. Even as a kid, I was like, "That, that's not, that's not what you said I was getting." They, but they, the first they kind two, of skated out of that. <laughs> that's so sweet. Yeah. Life was the. It felt like of Hannah Montana really got tacked in there. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that was the moment where I was like, "Wow, television can do this, huh?" How my life. Children's sitcoms kind of pop off on that one. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. Avengers: Infinity War. Uh, in game, uh, yeah. but simultaneously, yeah, yeah. I would actually stand here and argue: No, it doesn't get to be called a crossover. Yeah, <laughs> it, given that it's kind of like the culmination of where everything was ultimately heading, I, it, it's kind of in that nebulous space where, like, I don't mm-hmm. like calling it a crossover, but I suppose yeah. we get down to brass you tacks. Were doing technically, this technically, See, but you set th- out to do this from the jump. There's a reason the first movies were all four Avengers characters and that newspapers hmm. even called it when it was announced before they formally said they were doing this. But also I do love it very much. I just felt like if we didn't mention it, someone in the comments would be like, but you yeah. didn't mention the yeah. greatest quote. Shut the fuck up. So, here's the thing. Yeah, it, 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 it sits in that nebulous area because yeah, they knew that this was going to go, but ultimately every, a lot of those films are their standalone films. We're gluing mm-hmm. these guys together. And that's how the Avengers comics started. It was an excuse to cross over their own comics. So I yeah. stand by that one. And it works because the standalone films, by and large, work so well by themselves. Exactly. And I also would argue, I think the movie itself does pretty well. If you didn't watch all of them, you can still come in and get what is happening. I did not buy the complaints that people had about being like, I don't know what's going on because I didn't see Captain America. Like, that's, I don't know what to tell you. I think they explained it pretty well. Don't worry they- about it. Yeah. I had I, it spoiled I, I, for me the <laughs> day after it came out and I almost roundhouse kicked to get over it. That's, oh. fair. That's fair. I almost That's fought fair. a kid by telling yeah. me that Fiona was uh, an ogre in Shrek. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no spoilers. 
unless you're in the spoiler heavy cast list. But if you spoil something for us, we might roundhouse kick you. That's <laughs> it's an we occupational each other hazard. in this space. Yeah. The <sighs> audience comes in with a fair warning. We mm-hmm. didn't get one. Roundhouse kicking time. <laughs> Although, yeah, for- I was, I, uh, well, I was a theater kid in high school when Infinity War came out. So I was walking into rehearsal one day, and the guy in front of me was chatting about how he went to see it opening night. And I went, "Hey, don't talk about it. I'm seeing it on Saturday with my dad," and because that's his day off. And I'm like, "Okay, just shut up," because I want to go into this fresh. And then yeah. he's like, "Yeah, when Spider Man died, I was, and I was, oh my god, whoa." Oh no! I hope that's a that roundhouse kick. That's on site. That's on site. Yeah. Just I wheeled around with so much anger that the only thing that stopped me was somebody shouting my name somewhere else, and I went. They probably saw what was happening and knew what they had to do. That's a good uh-huh. friend. <laughs> now, here's the thing: it could be just holding you back until they figured out what happened, and just let it go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, better friend would have I didn't the talk guy about himself. it after. I don't think I mentioned it for like a week after the fact because I was like, if I mention it again, I'm going to get angry again. Yeah, and you don't. This you don't is need that just color. justice on its own. <laughs> but no, that's a good pick for that. Uj, do you have one? It is so hard to pick just one. Yeah, agreed. Um, mm. I'm gonna go with two. I'm gonna I'm gonna drive by mention one, and then I'm gonna get into detail on the second one. Uh, the first mm. one is Fables, which is a three part comic oh. event in 1987. Uh, Dennis O'Neill wrote a bunch of different comic series. So he had three of them crossover because they were philosophically like story-wise kind of bound together. Yeah. So they all kind of come together in the same space to be like, okay, these three characters are working through the same issue. Um, The more important one, because I think it's funny and because I think the opportunity was not appreciated when it happened is Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. (laughs) <laughs> I day one got those comics normally if I, I if I collect comics I usually do trades because I don't like to have the individual comics but not mm-hmm. that one that one is so beautifully done I read that every tense I get every couple of a year <laughs> and and I appreciate it most of all for putting Freddie and Jason together who we both already know you know neither of like they're both murderous monsters and then mm-hmm. sticking Ash next to them but not going like oh yeah Ash isn't hero in this situation no Ash is an asshole oh yeah <laughs> he's, a, uh, he's such a jerk in that comic and it's so perfectly in character my favorite part of that comic is Freddy is trying to mess with Ash's uh, with Ash from Army of Darkness and Evil Dead if you don't know and he's trying to mess with his head by putting him inside his uh the by making him relive the memory of him losing his hand going back into the cabin and Freddy's just laughing it up gucking it up and Ash has already cut off his own arm and he's ready to go again <laughs> like, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> I know how this plays I- out I'm not faced. <laughs> I'm not familiar with it, but I can imagine just between Freddy and and Ash, it's just one-liners back and forth. That oh, is so a significant I'm... portion of the back half of the story. Yeah, <laughs> I would love a cut to Jason, just like, just no speech bubble, just he's here, he's here <laughs> to party. It's like I didn't ask to be here, and yet, and yet here I am. I have a summer camp to run. <laughs> I got it. Go. I follow. I follow an artist who does Jason as the camp counselor, and it does have my heart. So Aww. it's like, but like, nice. No, like he's great. Yeah. Now that you mention yeah. that, there's part of that. Me can that, that be my favorite? Actually, wants to see like Friday the Thirteenth and Sleepaway Camp do something. Oh, I wish that somebody. Came oh, up with that that'd be very least. good. 
So uh, before we end up going out of this one, um, this reminds me of something, a part I wanted to mention, which is a section out of this I'd like to call crossover hell. These are crossovers that are fully intended to go through, but for one reason or another, the work to get it done never happens. A mm-hmm. good example for that is two big things, and they're both Army of Darkness and, Ash, uh, and Evil Dead related. So Ash versus so the movie Freddy versus Jason came back came on and that reignited people's love of of these big you know slasher films and such and so the next one that they wanted that the writer who did did Ash versus Jason versus Freddy but their Ash is a mess of a of a um of a rights convolution on that and it's like there's no uh. Even Bruce Campbell was on board to do this, but he couldn't. But Bruce Campbell actually has a good majority of the rights for Ash. Huh. And so the reason why I bring this up as part of the Evil Dead game, because this came up on that. Technically speaking, there is four different army of, of Ash characters. There is the one from the first movie because it's made by a different filming company than the one for the second movie, which is made yeah. by a different filming company. From the one from Army of Darkness, which is made by a different filming company, which is made from the one uh, from the one that came out for Ash versus, uh, versus Evil Dead and the Stars Show, which is made from a different company. So the only thing they have in common is that fact that Bruce Campbell plays all of them. But you have to pick and choose which one of these that you go with in order to figure out which one of these characters that you get to have, which also figures out which one of these things. And it's just a mess. And because of that, the the second movie never got made for it, but the writer loved it so much, and it's easier to get rights for comics, and so they d- let him do make it as a comic book series for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that um, that and you have like the right hold the rights holders of Freddy and Jason going. Well, we're not sure we want to do another crossover again so soon, and it just turns into this whole thing of like a million different rights holders going. Mm, wow, that yeah. would be cool, but also, but and my there was money. Like, um, there was also this big deal for him, like because the thing with Ash is he he's in horror films all over the place. He's also the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. By far, he is the the hero. So they might have to let Jason get his butt whipped by Ash. Will you let us have this? Well, no. If Jason's just super strong, and she does. Yes, but Ash does win. That's his thing. He survives yeah. to the end. Yeah, and then they mentioned, oh yeah, so when Ash kills Freddy and the guys who own the rights to Nightmare on Elm Street at that point went, whoa, we just killed him, we can't do that again. (laughs) Now, sometimes you get these kind of healthish things that actually work out good omens. You don't think of two writers being able to kick together like that, because usually that's a lot of extra work together. Darian just fully snapped to it. I was was looking up. What, some crossovers I wanted to make sure so I could share and be part of the conversation. I was not not paying attention, but to be <laughs> fair, AJ was absolutely correct. I snapped to fucking attention. I just watched your head Whoa! <laughs> it's like whenever you hear, or, uh, whenever anybody mentions Alan Wake, you can just hear <laughs> zombie head smell. Well, Stand up straight. What was that? Yeah, no, it's the exact same thing. Um, it's yeah, but it's like it's interesting. I like you don't expect to. Alan Wake? <laughs> no, we, said, we, we said while in ache. While in ache. Wake, wake boarding, wake boarding. Yeah. It's, it's, it's oh, our new okay. character. All in for wake boarding. I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. Fun. That's my bad. I should have. I know. I know. But honestly, with good omens like Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, it was before they had become Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett 
And so that's actually the reason they never got to write the second one was because they became those juggernaut like mm. authors mm -hmm. and they never got to do that again. So it is this amazing like moment in their scheduling and their career trajectories where they got to go together and just these two writer friends got to make this thing. And damn, isn't it cool? And is it that we get to call it a crossover? Or is it just like too artistic? Why are we talking about the collaboration? So this is the when you get the collect, you can have a crossover where it's collaborative crossovers. So the crossover is with the collaboration, not necessarily with the characters themselves, because you'll never see Neil Gaiman and and Terry well, Pratchett just work on anything together. No, never again yeah. for obvious reasons. Yeah. For I mean, obvious a Venn diagram yeah. Yeah. collabs <laughs> and crossovers. But yeah, so but could we have that again? Probably not. That's a crossover that, that's just a mess. And sometimes it's a mess in scheduling. It's a mess in what they need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So these are like the types of crossovers that you either wish that's going to happen or might not be able or has happened once. And you can never catch that kind of bottle lighting. When we were talking about DC versus Marvel, the rights alone to that met to that Schwarzenegger's where you need two big giant comic companies mm -hmm. to sit down and agree Who's gonna do what and where they're gonna happen for it? Never gonna happen. Never gonna it's happen. Cooking yeah. something, I can tell. <laughs> I oh, it, I'm, I'm just very excited to talk about dream crossovers. Ooh, okay, mm. okay, okay, okay. Because it it would never happen in in a million years. But I love the Pacific Rim universe, and I would love for them to cross over with either Godzilla or Gundam. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it, it, it oh, seems Pacific like Grid Gundam crossover would be. It just seems Definitely. like a really cool idea and one you can easily slot together. Because, I mean, sorry, Pacific Rim is, is basically just G Gundam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could we throw yeah. in Gurren Lagan in there just for fun? No, just Why not? You're already Lagan. here. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's Mega's just Big Mac doing Big Mac things. Mm. Oh, I love Megas XLR. Um, it's one of those animated shows that if you, if you know, you know. If you don't know, you you missed out. Because <laughs> that's Absolutely. a fun time. That was when Cartoon Network had like their own independent shows and four really great ones, and they just tossed it away for some reason. I can't stop thinking about Gundam and Pacific Rim now, and it's going to keep me up at night in the, the best of ways. And the worst part is that there are talks. There are always a talk to do it, and then they back off. But talks to do it, and they back off. Mm -hmm. And this is like this is why it's a crossover hell. You're just gonna tease me, and then you're backing away. Tease me, and backing away. There are other things you could call it, I think. But yeah, crossover hell yeah. is fine. Uh, I want to talk about Star Trek and Doctor Who real quick. Yes, which is what I was that's over a here. fun one. Uh, yeah, so uh, Russell T. Davies apparently pitched an idea for a crossover when he brought back Doctor Who in 2005, mm -hmm. and. He's never really given too many details about it, so no one's really sure what he would have envisioned. And essentially, there's a lot of reasons it didn't happen, like, you know, rights reasons, BBC and Paramount needing to get together yep. for that. But also probably because, unfortunately, uh, the Star Trek show that was currently on the air, Enterprise, got just abruptly and unceremoniously canceled due to low ratings Yes, around that same time. So that just... AJ's making so many have, movements with his hands. I would have more empathy for Enterprise if it wasn't the most executive producer Rick Berman show of the executive producer Rick Berman era. <laughs> no, 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 no. And I also have no affection for Enterprise, to be perfectly honest. Mm -hmm. uh, I will say that it's just the poor timing because the, the fact that 
they Paramount just canceled their Star Trek show. BBC is probably over here. Like, why would we give them any money? They should have done the Arrowverse thing. thing. (laughs) The crossover should have been the coup de grace for Enterprise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just have um, just have a- the doctor just pull Riker to the ending of Enterprise and go. Isn't that weird? Take him back. There's Enterprise. It's done. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> Probably something like that. They would have done some sort of weird time vortex crossover with Scott mm-hmm. Bakula, or I don't oh, know. Oh God, with Scott Bakula, that would have layers. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but yeah. Uh, also, Twenty One Jump Street and Men in Black. Yep. I just I read those words together and I was yeah. like, oh my god. It's directed by Lord and Miller. That's that's the thing. That's the actual mm-hmm. piece there. So uh yes, yes. would have liked that. But mm-hmm. studios don't like to have fun. Yeah, apparently not. I would have I especially I mean, I know that that was kind of supposed to build off of the Men in Black cinematic experiment, I shall call it. I lo- I love those movies, don't get me wrong. But um imagine if that was the comics. <laughs> Just this complete like pitch black horror comedy compared to like Twenty One Jump Street and go oh this is what we're making into a movie now cool <laughs> and from what I understand they almost got it greenlit for that movie too that they were pitching it they were working on it and then they couldn't get the sponsorship to keep it going which I Twenty One Jump Street as a comedy is hilarious and I figure you just go with it run with it nobody's like yeah. this is weird. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, so I can't think of any other dream crossover things that would be like that that would work the way that it would that we would either oh, seen or not seen. Can I? I'm so yeah. sorry. And I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry for what I'm about to do. Everyone's can I bring me. something cursed? Yeah, go for yes. it. Yes. So so I'm mean, sitting. I'm trying to think of anything that I currently like. I'm like, would it be a great crossover? I just nothing's really coming to mind, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it hit me, and I'm like, oh, I'm um. So fandom has done this for a really long time. Obviously, you find crossover artwork all the time. Very simple yeah. stuff, and sometimes it is so renowned in fandoms that it just builds upon its own legacy in and of itself. And so I would like to present Super Hulock. To the, <laughs> oh, I knew that's to the Midnight that Society. I can see you there. leaning out of frame, AJ, and I'm like, fucking no. I was just oh, slowly God, shrinking yeah, yeah. more and more into my hand. <laughs> I'm not saying it would have been good. I'm not saying it would have been right. I am saying that maybe it's what we deserved. Maybe. It absolutely yeah. would have had to start with Sam and Dean trying to hunt the doctor. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I, we could write sure. it. We just need yeah. to pitch it to the right studio. And they and they end up with Doctor Who, or not Doctor God, they end up with Sherlock because the new companion's yeah, family is worried about her. She's been missing, so they hired a detective, and so they're both crossed over that way. Actually, considering how two out of three of those shows ended, this may have been better for them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We should have put Castle of the TARDIS and never let him off. He deserved so much more. Yeah. I'm reverting back into 2014. Someone pull me out. <laughs> pull the ripcord. We ha- no, we have back to up. go deeper. Anything that could have been done to BBC Sherlock probably would have been better than BBC Sherlock. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not oh. wrong. Just let BBC Sherlock I'm get beaten I'm sad by that it. Liz wasn't here for that. I feel like <laughs> I feel like she would have had my back. 
Uh, I mean, if we want to get Liz has bring been it all gone back for ten years, you have to let her go. <laughs> <laughs> she died in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> She's a ghost. Ooh. That's that's what this all was. <laughs> um, a desperate attempt to cling to the memories. <laughs> gone, but Thank not you for everyone for coming to the ten-year memorial. All right. Unless we have anything that uh, to wrap up with this, I think we've hit all the major points that we need for this particular episode. Um, I'm gonna throw one I'm... thing really quickly since yeah. everyone's talking about dreams. I want Cowboy Bebop, Trigun, and Outlaw Star to have a crossover. Oh, oh my Outlaw god! Star. Yeah. The the triumvirate oh, of spaghetti so space westerns just ah oh, would your love space it. Space western trifecta on that one. Speaking of, go check out the space western episode of GTP. It's shameless plug. Oh. It's a plug. It's a famous one. It's fun. It's a rock I, fact. I was gonna say that. <laughs> Get out of my head. <laughs> well, this was so much fun. I will do these ones a bit more often then at this point, especially for comics and things because well, I've got plans. Don't say and, that until you finish yeah. editing it. Yeah. yeah. Let's just, let's you know what my favorite crossover was, y'all? <laughs> my favorite crossover in the world is this one. Where we all Aww. came together too, yeah, and talked about yeah. crossovers. Yeah, isn't this great? I Yeah. It's the crossover that made the friends along the way. Our mm. <laughs> 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 friendships um, not but crossovers into each other's lives. Exactly. I mean, I hope not. I, I really want to like lock y'all down for like a season. I think that would, at that least, would be good. At, at least, least season, right? At least. Like, I feel like a couple mm-hmm. episodes just isn't going to be enough to develop the dynamic. So, uh-huh. <laughs> it's going to have to be its own like spinoff thing. It's yeah, gonna be a full collaboration. Universe. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> full I think collaboration. So. I'll have my people call your people. Excellent, excellent. I'll get you. I'll get them to get you my email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, look, send it to me. I got this to work the first time. <laughs> hey, Leo. Hey, Leo. Could you contact their people? You're not. You weren't who I was thinking of when I said my people, but but you're By here. That, so. that ends up making Tim my people because Tim has <laughs> sent me everything for that. And I'm DJ's people. No. <laughs> Incredible. I'm gonna text oh, Tim. Hopefully, hopefully he's uh, he's coherent and can respond and just hear him <laughs> respond to the fact that now he is my people. Yeah, <laughs> I provide no additional context. Mm-hmm. And that he already edits of... the, our podcast. I mean, yeah. <laughs> shout out to the editors out there. Uh, thank well, you for your we work. Love you editors. Yeah. Yes. Shout out to the editors and Darian and me just raise our hands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We know what we do. Shout out to my editor, Lucy. She just took over editing for the Aragon podcast so I can write my damn book. Yeah. yeah. So, so with all that being said, our this episode will be coming out in it uh, should be if February 2nd. So and then our next episode will be available on February 16th. Now, thank you for all the guests that happen to be on here, and uh, and if I know myself with crossovers, there's a good chance we missed a crossover or two that we may have to come back here to do another crossover. <laughs> oh, that I, I guarantee you we've missed a million. <laughs> oh, yeah. I missed a million Just a, and a half. I got Just a bomb. Does Super Smash Brothers count as a crossover? Ooh. Yes. Yes. All right, had to get I, it in there a, before the comments. Non- <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Well, especially the newest ones. Yes, yeah, they cross over with whatever they want to do. Yeah, um, it's its own Teen, canon now. Teen Titans yeah. and Teen Titans Go. That's still mm-hmm. a crossover. Two separate things. I count mm-hmm. it. There's a special name for that: the Bat Family crossover. <laughs> True. Yeah. 
Oh, um, that being all said, we'll, uh, if we were going to end the way we start, uh, probably DVC's Sherlock should have st- ended with Lupin coming out of no, out of retirement <laughs> to do something. <laughs> Just stabbing him in the back, yeah, running away. Lupin I mean, and Sherlock starts the crossovers. Lupin and Sherlock will end the crossovers. It's really weird, though, Leo, because Sherlock is a person and Lupin's an anime character. That makes it even better. <laughs> Look, if Star Trek can have an animated live-action crossover, we can have an animated live-action crossover. Like, like the Jimmy Neutron one we mentioned earlier. Like <laughs> hey, it all comes back around. Hey. It's all coming around now. If you've made Podcasting this far, listener, is, is an Ouroboros in its own hellish form. <laughs> if, you've ma- if you've made it this far, listener, that was for you. That, that was, was for you. That Thanks for sticking for with us through this whole thing. This and if you skip to the end for some reason... Yeah, that's on you. That's on you. I mean, that's end, fine. Leo this... still gets the listen, so you know what? Thank you for that. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. thanks for yeah. still making sure you got so, the so, listen. Yeah, you have to skip to the end. You got this. The the punchline. Go back to the beginning where the <laughs> yeah. start of this joke. We will promise be. it's worth it. Like it's totally yeah. worth it. Great payoff. Yeah. <laughs> Super great payoff. And that being said, this is Gaming Theater Podcast with everybody else here logging off. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Toodaloo. Gaming Theater Podcast is hosted, created, produced, and edited by Leo Garcia, the Geek Scorpio. Our music is A Drinking Game. Stock media provided by Stormwave Audio slash Pond5. Our cover art is by Adam Parker. You can find him at ParkerGFX on Twitter. If you want to send us some money to help with these episodes, you can do so at Patreon.com slash Gaming Theater Presents. Want to send support that doesn't hit your wallet? Please leave a review with wherever you hear your podcasts and share our podcast with your friends. It really helps out. Thank you for listening.